The reviews are in, and Secrets is a hit. Listeners have described Secrets as priceless information, a personal cheat sheet, and binge-worthy career advice. And Season 3 promises to bring you even more secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get that coin. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to Season 3. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Hey, Keith, man, what is cracking? What's going on, man? You know what, Ricky? I'm a little pissed off today. And I'm a t- yeah, here we go. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm pissed off, right? I was catching up on the news, and I ran across one of Bill Maher's recent episodes, <sighs> and this dude started talking about about how the NFL's decision to play Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is the Black National Anthem, right, was perpetuating segregation. Then he went on to talk about how having separate graduation ceremonies and dorms and things like that for Black people at colleges is also inverted segregation. Trying to get slick with what the words, What the fuck huh? is this? So old dude just needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, because he has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, KP man, I heard that too, and I was like, "Not Bill Maher, not Bill Maher." I was right? like, "Not Bill Maher, man." I mean, now wasn't that the cat that was down with the melanin? Allegedly, <laughs> I'm saying. I mean, he was at the barbecue. He was dating the sisters. I mean, one of them I think was Corinne Stevenson. Right? I mean, you know, we we know what she's. Known for it, okay? Yeah. But, you know, and he was just, like, hanging out with folks. So it's like, ah. You know, when you hear stuff, you be like, nah, just, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that right. You know, but personally, I think it was a pretty slick comment, you know, to be honest with you, right? It was. Because it's, it's shit like this that continues to provide a platform for us to speak on. If people would just stop saying stupid shit. Yeah. We probably run out of episodes. We probably run out of episodes. <laughs> It'd be a wrap. Right? You know? We probably run out of stuff uh, to talk about. Yes. You know, and comments like this are, in my opinion, are uneducated and hurtful on just so many levels. Totally, totally. And the other part that pissed me off about that clip was the fact that his liberal, and put that in quotes, mm-hmm. his liberal white audience applauded that shit when he said it. Right? It showed me that all these quote unquote woke people still don't get it. Yeah. Not, and, and look, y'all, uh, I know y'all can't see us, man, but KP over here steaming, y'all. I'm he, hot. He over here steaming like hot. really beaming, y'all. Yeah, he over here steaming, man. Like, like, because you know, like when somebody get mad, they be like, and another thing. And another thing. Because I could about. keep going. He's like, man, and another thing. Oh, man. But, you know, when I heard them clapping, you know, after he was speaking, it was almost like they were saying, thank you for being our voice or or champion, Bill. You know, mm-hmm. it was like one of those things for me. I'm still like hotter than, I mean, what's hotter than like fish grease, like French fry grease? French fry grease yeah, yeah. is pretty like, hot. Look, man, that I'm shit still gotta hot. Be hot. I'm still hot, you know, on it, you know, myself here because, I mean, this is like a mess to me, it right? Is. You know, and that's why on today's podcast, we're going to focus on Affinity groups, right? There you go. And the safe space that they provide for people who need them. 
Heck, I'm one of those people. <laughs> we both are. We both are at the end of the day. And in today's episode, we will define what exactly affinity groups mean and why they are important for underrepresented employees. We will share how affinity groups were critical to both me and Ricky's career progression mm -hmm. and other observations we've experienced with affinity groups. We will also provide some receipts on why affinity groups matter in any organization or institution. And we will close out with a double dose of secrets on what underrepresented employees can do to leverage affinity groups in your organization and what organizations can do to support affinity groups. So this is about to be deep, man. This is this is about to be real deep. It is. But we but before we jump into some of this hot fire, this inferno, these flames. These flames. <laughs> okay. It may be good for us to just to define what we mean by affinity group. Yeah. You know, so for purposes of this conversation, we'll define affinity groups as a group with a common social identity, such as race, gender, sexual orientation, national origin or even ability. Mm -hmm. In the corporate setting, these groups are usually referred to as employee resource groups or ERGs or employee networks. Yeah. And that's a great definition to start today's conversation as there are definitely other affinity groups such as private social clubs, fraternities and sororities, political activist groups, etc. But we really today wanted to hone in on why affinity spaces are needed in companies and other organizations. And let's just get this out of the way for a minute for the Bill Mars of the world, <laughs> right? Affinity groups are not racist and they are not segregationist, right? They are also not designed to educate people who are not a member of that group, nor do they absolve people not in that affinity group from doing the work, right? Or give them permission to move on to another topic. That's that what about it mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You start talking about something and then people are like, well, but what about? Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Just, just try to move the topic on, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but but now if we're thinking about like why like underrepresented employees need affinity groups, right? Yeah. And this is huge. This mm -hmm. is absolutely huge. Absolutely. So, affinity groups give BIPOC and other underrepresented employees the space and time to unpack racism. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot shit to talk about. Racism, sexism, know? homophobia, and, and, whatever. And, and you see it in so many different forms. And this gives you an opportunity, a safe space, mm -hmm. to be able to unpack that. It um and it to also to be able to speak about internalized oppression. Yes. Right? Because you don't know what people's situations or what baggage they come with. Nope. But this gives them a space to be able to talk about that. And all of the other traumas experienced by being a member of one of these groups. Yeah. And again, some of the shit we didn't talk about until unfortunately after George Floyd and yeah. some of these other things. All now, these other things. Now people are anti Asian like, hate, all that stuff. And to this point, like, you know, Bill Maher, you know, this, the, the same comments that he make, people are ready to kind of move on. Some yeah. people are kind of ready to move That's on. That's right. Just sweep it under the rug. Some people are ready to move on, mm -hmm. man. So, so again, but this is why you need, you know, these affinity groups. Yeah. And particularly for BIPOC people, again, Black, Indigenous, people of color, this gives us a space to talk about our experiences, right? And the needs from the larger white culture around us, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're we're in that space all the time. We're always in a white space. So this gives us a space to just talk about and process and decompress 
from being part of that white culture. It gives us a moment to breathe. Yeah. Right. And not to feel like we have to assimilate for the benefit of white comfort. <laughs> comfort, huh? Comfort. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it takes us because <laughs> that's back. what it is. Yeah. And it kind of takes us back to that whole fragility thing. Whole that fragility heard, thing. You know, Amber speak about, we heard Teresa talk about mm-hmm. it, we heard Dorit talk about it. I mean, they weren't the first ones to coin it, but this is what we're talking this about. This is what that we're space. talking about. That space. That space there, man. You know, I think, um, you know, affinity groups, they also give underrepresented employees a space to learn. Yes. You know, and again, you may have gone to, you know, a predominantly white college, right? Yeah. You may have gone to an all, you know, black or all Hispanic, whatever it is, yes. college where it was predominantly one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. And this might be a little new for you. Yeah. It could <laughs> you know, be. Like, this might That's be a little right. new for you. So joining different affinity groups, you know, it gives you an opportunity and the space to learn, develop your skills. Yes. You know, build relationships and connections. Yes. You know, it also gives you an opportunity to create positive and inclusive change within the organization. No doubt. You know, and no to doubt. be clear, none of this comes at the exclusion of majority groups. Absolutely. Because to be honest with you, if we're talking about affinity groups, anyone is allowed to join an affinity group. Yep. No doubt. <laughs> you know, anybody, sure can, are. anybody can join. That's right. You know, the group. That's right. So I'm not trying to keep you out, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not exclusive. And for me, when we think about how affinity groups have impacted our careers, Ricky, mm-hmm. and some of the observations that we've had about affinity groups, because we've both been executive sponsors mm-hmm. of various affinity groups, the impact and the power of those groups are, are huge. And I can just remember uh, when I joined Kodak, one of the first affinity groups that I got involved with was what we call the Lambda Network at Kodak, which was for LGBTQ uh, plus employees. But that that Affinity group led to me coming out at work. Mm -hmm. It led me to getting involved with LGBTQ plus activism with organizations such as GLSEN and HRC. Mm -hmm. And just the impact that we had and I had personally with GLSEN in terms of changing policies within the school system, in terms of the corporate equality index with HRC and advocating for marriage equality and transgender rights. I wouldn't have ever done that without my affinity group, the Lambda Network at Kodak. Mm-hmm. That gave me the confidence and all of the support that I needed to push for that change. So so when you think about, we were just talking about, you know, allowing like the space to learn, to grow, to develop, to get your leadership skills, like all of those things create positive and inclusive change within the organization, even external yes. to the organization. Lambda Network gave you that opportunity. Gave me that opportunity. And I think you just said the Lambda Network was an ERG. It's an ERG. <laughs> That's right. So like, right. this is this is better than the damn receipt. Yes. You know, right here, right? right. Living proof. <laughs> it is. Living proof. Changed my career. Changed my life. And real quick, can, can you just uh, e- even uh, tell our listeners in terms of like the, the term GLSEN or even... Uh, HRC. Yes. You know what that means. Yeah. So GLSEN advocates for change in K through 12 schools in terms of making safe spaces Mm -hmm. and advocating for training and development of teachers and curriculum changes and all Mm -hmm. those things to make sure that LGBTQ youth have a safe space 
um, to learn because mm-hmm. that's what it is all about at the end of the day. If they can't feel safe, they can't learn. HRC, Human Rights Campaign, largest LGBTQ um, organization in the nation, is like the NAACP for gay people. That's what I say. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> at the end of the day. No, I got it. So look, KP, I have to give a shout out, man, to all of the ERGs at Medtronic. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I can tell you Especially like the uh, the African descent, you know, uh, network group. Right? They on fire. I love them. <laughs> I love y'all, ADN. Because <laughs> y'all know it, Keith, Keith basically is like a, a, a part time Medtronic. I am. I'm like, <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So until I worked there, I had never really seen, you know, that type of community or like a village like that. And, and, and I'm speaking about ADN. But I seen it with Pride, yes. you know, because I was a sponsor for Pride. I seen it with MWN. I seen it with HLN and Hispanic Latin Network Group. Yep. I saw it with, you know, Asian Impact you mm-hmm. know, Group. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw it because this is what the village, you know, ends up looking like. Mm-hmm. But that group, the ADN group, really set the bar for how a community of people are supposed to advocate for one another at all times. At all times. Good and bad. Like, mm-hmm. th- how are they supposed to advocate? Whether it be fighting for promotions, equity with pay, or even, like, training for employees to get sponsorship needed to advance in their careers. This is the first time that I heard somebody say, you know what, with all due respect, I don't think we need another training or a mentoring program. Yeah. We need somebody in the room. We need some action and people in the room. <laughs> like, you talking about the revolution started, you know, yes. there, right? So, I mean, it was a whole bunch of leaders that were there. Before I was there, you know, mm-hmm. they, they laid the groundwork. So when I was at Medtronic, I just had to go in there and just not drop the ball. Right. You know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, they gave me carte, carte blanche yeah. to, to be me, mm-hmm. you know. To, and you to, had a platform already. A, a, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, with that, some some companies talk about it. But I actually saw that with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. I saw that with my own eyes. No, no doubt. And I I, I experienced a similar thing with uh, our black network at Kodak. We called it Net Worth North Star. Mm-hmm. But again, we advocated for pay equity. We advocated for promotion opportunities for black employees. And it also, for me personally, it led to building social networks. I also know it was a step to me getting executive sponsorship because I was taking lead roles and advocating for things. And then even like outside of the company, that led to me getting invitations to elite black social groups like the Boule. Yeah. Right? 100 black men. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. all of those things that came out of my affiliation with being involved with the black ERG at Kodak. Hey man, I mean that—that's when you started kind of cashing and getting them receipts. Like you, like th- this is this when is you it. get in some of these these ERGs, man. It's about sweat equity because you yes. you can quickly tell. I don't care what ERG it is, you can tell if somebody is in it for the accolades and for their own right. You know, piece of, mm-hmm. or are they really down for the? And they're down for the cause. <laughs> they're right. down for the cause, right? Yes. Like because because you get outed. You know, I, I think like when I think about the ERGs, it, it brings me. So, like, when I'm thinking about the women's network groups, and at multiple companies, I have actually uh, actually seen this be extremely beneficial to to the advancement for women. Huge in manager and Huge. above. Seen it you know, too. Roles. Like, I mean, I I look, I am all for underrepresented groups and this, that, and the other. But I'll tell you that after we see like men 
Yes. And specifically, like, white men dominate. Yes. Mm-hmm. The white women are next. White women are They next. take care of them, man. But, but, but again, it does start with them coming together. Coming together. Around, around coming the together. Cause. And I really don't have a problem with that. In the no, day. neither do come I. Come together. And, and, if, and if we're talking, like, since we're talking, since you know what I'm talking. saying? Like, white women have traditionally benefited from their involvement in these affinity groups at a much higher clip than women of color. That's right. And I mean, all- we ain't talking about just... Just black women. We're not talking about Hispanics or Asian. We're talking about like all. All. You know, like all. Yes. All. Yeah. So, so I think. I mean, it's been groups. beneficial. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, we still want to ask our white women to bring your other girlfriends along. Yes. At the end of the day, yes, right? absolutely. And that just reminds me. You know, I was an executive sponsor also for our uh, Native American mm-hmm. network, right? And the thing that was always frustrating for me. And before you talk about frustrating, I mean, we are since you started out with Native American, okay, we already know the history of how they ain't got, you know, screwed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, like, so I know what you're getting ready to tell me yes. is a variation probably of a slighter degree of somebody getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because I always felt like when I was the executive sponsor of our Native American network, that we were getting like little chits, little token, mm-hmm. tokenized prizes, right? It's like, okay, I'll give you an extra few hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars for you to be able to put on your event. But what I was really interested in is how are the Native American employees yeah. moving into leadership positions, moving into positions of power and influence. Yeah. And that's the shit that wasn't happening that was frustrating for me. I was happy that we were at least getting more visibility, but what I really wanted was those seats at the table. Yeah, yeah. So what, the, what they was giving y'all was, I, I want y'all to look this term up when you get a chance. They, they was giving y'all butted biscuits, <laughs> okay? <laughs> they was giving you butted biscuits, you know? And, and, and back in the day, this is, right. this is, a, this is a, a, a Ricky Negro history moment right here, right? <laughs> but, you know, back in the day, you know, they would, if the field hand or the slave was good, they give him a butted biscuit. Yes. So you'd be over there. Soft, it tastes good. Yeah, over there, soft shoeing it and everything else. So you could get that, but they weren't really, they weren't giving you the whole meal. Right. Okay. They weren't letting you sleep in the house. Right. They was giving you a buttered biscuit. Mm-hmm. So some of these events that you talk about that that, that the um when you were leading a knack yes. that you were being able to get, you know, for them, they were kind of buttered biscuits to a certain degree, yes. right? You know when they let you host an event. Yes. Or they let y'all come together and have a little party or something yes, like that. Right. You're like, hey, but we did all this nice stuff for oh, you. Nice. Right. But they didn't actually move the needle. Didn't move the needle. When it came to like promoting people. Right. When it came to like putting folks on succession That's plans. Right. And skill and, development, all that stuff. Uh, yep. Yep. So so look, Keith, I mean, you know, what what's what's the I, I know we've been sitting up here talking. You know, uh, you know about how how it makes us feel about Bill Maher and his little you know slick comments. We've been talking about how it helped our careers in terms of affinity groups. In your mind, what's the impact? You yeah, know, for this? me, like the impact of affinity groups at the end of the day mm-hmm. are totally unappreciated. Yeah, right, because they can be the differentiator between thriving and surviving mm-hmm. for many underrepresented employees at the end of the day. Yeah. No, that's 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 good. I mean, and I think like the moral to the story for me, man, is affinity groups are not separatists. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. They are they are a critical component of success 
for underrepresented employees. Yeah, and I and as I think about some potential negative consequences of organizations not having affinity groups, mm-hmm. one of the first things that comes to mind for me is that if you don't have these affinity groups, employees feel stressed and undervalued because of the pressure to assimilate into you know, the white culture all the damn time into the majority, whatever it is. Yeah. Into yeah. the majority all the damn time. They yeah. have to assimilate. It ain't cool. It ain't cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it is absolutely not cool. I mean, I, I agree. I think the other, uh, like another negative outcome for me is, I mean, you, you won't be able to attract and retain the best talent. When you come into an interview, because the difference, and I know some of our Secrets listeners understand this, is, when I'm interviewing at a company, I'm interviewing them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know That's I'm right. I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm looking at I the board. I got a lot of questions. I'm looking at the board of directors. I'm looking at the leadership team. Don't put the shit on the internet if you don't want me to find it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm looking at all of that stuff. I'm asking you specifically about where people are in terms of like your women in leadership positions or your ethnic diversity. And I'm double clicking. I'm not just looking at... Asian, right. you know, in, right. in there. I'm looking at, okay, let's talk about Native American. Let's right. talk about Black. Let's talk about, you know, Latinx. Like, right. Let's talk about all of that. All, you know? everything. <laughs> you know, the whole thing. But again, when you don't see, like, people who look like you right. or who subscribe to what you subscribe to, and this could be anything for, anything. The, for, the, for the minority or the majority, it don't make you feel too comfortable. That's not going to make you want to stay. Doesn't make you want to stay. I mean, mm-hmm. the... The number one reason I took my job when I went to Kodak was the fact that they had employee networks, Mm -hmm. ERGs. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, this may be a place for me because I had never had that before I got there. Man, when I first started, you know, at Medtronic, the first emails I got, besides my 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 uh, my homegirl Deborah, besides my homegirl Deborah, okay, who said, "Welcome to the team," because she. Her and Margaret Zachman, Deborah Yacht and Margaret Zachman was putting it down for me. Okay. Yeah. But the first emails I got, man, to say welcome to the company was the entire ERG, the ADN. ADN. They was like, brother, welcome. You know, mm-hmm. hey, when you get situated, we we looking for you to do some work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, and they worked you. But but again, <laughs> but that's like in terms of like attracting and retaining like the best talent people want to feel like they're working for something that's much larger than just themselves no doubt and another potential negative consequence of not having Mm -hmm. an affinity group is the fact that it's actually going to be more difficult for your organization to get the innovative solutions Mm -hmm. that you need to fuel all that top line and bottom line growth that you're looking for right you can't if you silence the voices, there's no way that you're going to be able to maximize that potential. <laughs> right. No way. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. I mean, we know we've both been in situations where we didn't necessarily feel comfortable. So it's like, I ain't going to say shit. I ain't going to say shit. I just <laughs> sit right here and say nothing. <laughs> exactly. Even though you may have like a multi-million dollar idea. Yeah. They're going to keep talking about the same stuff. We know this ain't going to work. But you know what? I ain't going to say nothing because they ain't going to listen to me anyway. Right. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but it's true. But you know? it's true. I think the uh, the the last uh, negative outcome that I like to maybe speak to is I, th- I think like you'll continue to perpetuate like the cultural norms, the systems, 
the policies and practices that have led to this oppression in the first place of underrepresented employees and caused so much trauma and harm. Yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah. you're going to keep doing the same stuff you've been doing. You know, like if you don't change the paradigm, That's right. you don't hear you're going to get the same stuff. results. And, and, and putting out memos and, and doing performative acts, you know, that don't really lead to sustainable change. Right. It is so true. But look, Keith, look, man, I, I know we've been talking, man, and, and and this 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 drink has got me uh talking the truth, you know, over <laughs> here today. And I know you I, I know you hot over there. I'm hot. Okay. But let's let's kind of like just switch gears a little bit, man, and hit him with some of these receipts. I know people think we're making this shit up. We don't make stuff up on secrets. <laughs> Everybody should know that by now. We don't make shit up. And today we're gonna share some receipts on the benefits of affinity groups and why they are so important to the success of your organization. And the first receipt that I got to share with you, Ricky, is that studies show that affinity groups can improve retention efforts, reduce turn and reduce turnover costs. Mm-hmm. You probably already know this. But the average replacement cost of a worker is about $15,000, according to the Work Institute's 2019 retention report. So just imagine $15,000 to replace a worker. So just imagine if you're working for a big company like Medtronic. That, well, how many employees y'all got? 100,000. 100,000 employees. Even if you had 2% turnover, that's... 2,000 employees times $15,000. Yeah. That's a lot of damn money. I don't care where you come from. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and, and that was 2019. So you imagine, right. like, that was pre-pandemic. Pre, pre-pandemic. <laughs> you know, so every dollar counts. Every dollar Every counts. dollar counts. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, I think, you know, just replacing people. Like, you right. kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Turnover is huge. Turnover is huge. It costs. It, it costs. costs. So look, man, receipt number two, a monster, you know, state of the candidate uh, survey found that employees often use affinity groups to help create a diverse and inclusive workplace because half, I mean, that's about 52% of uh, job candidates say diversity, equality, and, and inclusion in the workplace is very important to them. Mm-hmm. Millennials... There's 57% of them who are more likely to say diversity, equity, and inclusion is very important compared to Gen X, okay, which says, you know, which is 47%, Mm -hmm. and baby boomers, which is 49%. And that is huge when you think about like different generations and what they think about. That'd be nice 10, 8, 10 point differential between the workforces coming forward now. So, so if you think this shit's going to pass and people are going to think about something else, yeah, I mean, the Delta is huge. Yes. The Delta is huge. And we talked about just that Delta alone. If you looked at, 47% 47% to 57%. That's 10%. And then you times that by that 15,000 that you was talking about. Yeah. Somebody going to lose a job. <laughs> somebody <man>. somebody <laughs> out. Somebody going to lose a job if you if you hitting the bottom line like that. Somebody exactly. going to lose a job, Night-night. you know? And, and and many companies support employee resource groups because of how much they contribute to the overall company culture. According to a study by Old Dominion uh, University, 66, 66 of the Fortune 100 firms mentioned affinity groups on their websites. Yeah. And that's valuable space. So you know you're not like 
putting shit out there that don't matter. And then those 66 didn't just happen to put it out there. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Right. They they pushing it. They, mm-hmm. they feel this is important uh, to their business. And receipt number three, according to a study by Dr. Shelton Good, more than 70% of the organizations he studied relied on ERGs to support to build a workforce that reflected the demographics of their customer base. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make sure that these ERGs are, are engaged. And almost 30% got assistance from their ERGs to increase the organization's spend with diverse suppliers. And 90% of the companies used employee resource group members to help new employees to get comfortable during their onboarding process. <laughs> So, so again, leaning on the ERGs, <laughs> leaning man. on the ERGs, on the ERGs <laughs> to make money for the company, to like get people comfortable as they're coming on board, right. like all of this stuff. So, if you don't think it's important, the companies know it's important because they gave you work to do. That's right. <laughs> they, they didn't add it. To the, they gave you some work to do. They didn't the gave you some work to do. That's okay, right. and we're not talking about gave you work to do and gave you more pay. We're talking about this is something that's going to benefit. The, the company. company. Okay. That bottom line. Be a team player, Keith. Don't get it twisted. So receipt number four and the final one is according to a SHRM global, uh, global Force Workforce Survey, 36% of organizations view employee engagement as a top workforce management challenge. And research shows that offering ERGs is one of the most popular and effective methods to actively manage and drive employee engagement. I'm just saying, man, it ain't it ain't that damn hard. It ain't that hard. It ain't, it, like I think what I think an old dog said this in Menace to Society, man. He said it ain't that hard. <laughs> it ain't that hard, Keith. It's not that hard. Like, man, just go ahead and like get these set up. Cause I know some people, some of our leaders think that the ERGs and some of the stuff is extracurricular activity. Oh, totally. Okay. They think that, hey, this stuff doesn't really do anything here. But we're That's talking right. about That's right. We're talking about Adding to the bottom line. Adding to got, the bottom line. We got line. some secrets here right now. I mean, excuse me, some receipts right here right now that tells you exactly how to make extra money. They're how to, how to How to reduce turnover. How to get people engaged. Mm-hmm. And the last time I checked, there's a very large percentage of organizations who have employee engagement scores tied to bonus. Okay? Word. And diversity... Yes. Tied to engage, I mean, t- tied to the bonus. Yes. So if you don't think that, I don't know about you, but I need 100% of my money. Yes. Okay. I need all, all, all of it. I need all, all my change. M I N E Z. All mine. Okay. That's what I need. Okay. So if you tell me that. 10% of my bonus is going to be tied to my diversity index. Mm-hmm. If you tell me that another 10% is going to be tied to my, you know, uh, organizational health, you know, mm-hmm. survey and, and employee engagement, man, I'm working hard at this stuff. Yes. Like, I don't want to start at 80%. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And, and that's not even saying, what if COVID hits? Yeah. Okay. And now that's impacted your business by 25%. Now we're talking about maybe no bonus at all. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't think this at stuff is serious. At least get that 20. If you don't think this stuff is serious, man, I don't I don't know what to tell you. So look, so look, Keith, we're going to hit them hit them with some of these secrets now, right? Yeah. So today we, we're going to provide a double dose yes. of secrets yes. on how underrepresented employees can leverage, uh, leverage affinity groups and what organizations 
can do to support those affinity groups and leverage their collective power. Yeah, yeah. First, here are the four secrets individuals can take to leverage affinity groups. Number one, build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. Number two, use ERGs to build your leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Number three, expand your village. Yes. And number four, be a change agent. Yeah. And those are all like excellent secrets for individuals in leveraging your your affinity groups and ERGs. And that first one, build and enable come. If you don't have an affinity group ERG at your organization, just start one. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. Start it, advocate for one, make sure it happens, and and just just be out there and, and push for it. And if you do have one, find ways, keep pushing to make that ERG relevant and impactful, right? Find ways to insert the ERG into strategic conversations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that you keep pushing the envelope and show that you're revel- relevant and can impact the top line and the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not window window dressing. It's not window dressing. We, we want them to be That's involved. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Secret number two. Use your ERGs to build your leadership skills. ERGs can provide a safe, like a safe haven to sharpen your leadership skills. Highly functioning affinity groups put on programming and events, advocate for work for uh, workplace changes, lend a voice on new markets, uh, products and customers, and help with recruitment and retention of, re, uh, of underrepresented employees. All of these Areas provide a stage for you to to showcase and hone your skills. Just remember, ERGs are there to provide you help, not for you to become the help. Okay? Yes, okay. Yes. Like, like this, this is key. And I will, I will point out that just take a look within your organization, the executive leaders of the senior leaders who have supported, outwardly, openly supported the ERGs, who have been executive sponsors. Look and see what it has done for their careers. Yes. I can give you some very, very good examples of people who have led ERGs who have then, that has worked to their advantage in terms of getting promoted, whether that be to executive VP levels or VP levels in general, or even CEO positions. Yes. I mean, because having the... Having that in your toolkit absolutely doesn't hurt. In your toolkit and the stats that come along with it. Absolutely. The receipts that Absol- come along absolutely. with it, right? So the third secret that you can use to leverage your ERG, you can use the ERG to expand your village, mm-hmm. right? Affinity groups provide a great opportunity to meet people in different areas of the business and hear about shit that's going on in the business, the various initiatives and projects that are going on across the organization that makes you more informed mm-hmm. about what just what's happening. And you can build strong relationships with potential mentors and sponsors, right? Because you got groups of people there that can help you move to the next stage of your career. And it's also a great place to start to build your personal board of directors, which PR talks about all the time. <laughs> it helps. Right? It helps. <laughs> all the time. Absolutely. Right? No, I think this is a great, I think this is a great thing. That village, that village, that village. I mean, this, this village is what you're going to need. Yes. You're going to need that when you're, you're trying to get to all. the next position or you're trying to, you need, like you're, Prepping for an interview or this and the other, that village, that village is going to help you. That village is going to be honest with you too. Yes, 
the village gonna be honest with yes. you. You know, you're not as good as you think you are. You probably need to work on this or <laughs> a hey, lot of stuff. Or before you reinvent the wheel, let's give you something. Yes. You know, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And look, finally, secret number four, you know, here, be a change agent. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about talking, uh, like about taking strategic risks, like in order to advance your career. ERGs provide some cover, yeah. you know, some safety, yes. you know, for you to be able to advocate for change without being the lone wolf on an issue. As an HR executive and leader, I can tell you firsthand how ERGs have influenced and changed workforce policies and practices for women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ, you employees. know, employees, right? I mean, hey, look, just just go ahead and uh, and and take a look at episode number 47, Walking the Tightrope as a Black Man in America, and that interview with D. John, right? Because I think, you know, he spoke, you know, uh, about you know, some of the uh, the ERG work and how that helped him, you know, uh, there too. And usually opportunities start to come for the ERG leaders after these changes are implemented, right? People kind of recognize, hey, we have some some wayward ways. Yeah. You know, we have some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I've seen so many people who are in those leadership roles within their ERGs they're the ones who are next tapped. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about purgatory earlier. You know, if you take that on that leadership role, you tapped out of purgatory now to be a VP or whatever else because you've led some change initiative at the end of the day. Yep. And again, we promise you a double dose of secrets today. <laughs> so here are four secrets that organizations can take to support the creation and sustainability of affinity groups and employee research groups. And the first one, at the end of the day, the first just baseline, organizations have to provide the support and resources for these groups to thrive, right? You got to provide robust budgets. And I'm a finance person, right? And the last thing I want to do is feel like, what's the ROI (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's coming from these groups and why do I need to dedicate resources and money to these groups? But if I step back and really evaluate, I will understand the value that they can bring. But you need to provide robust budgets to these groups. Don't treat ERG work as a side hustle. Or extracurricular Extracurricular activity, especially for the ERG leaders. Give them credit in their performance reviews for the work that they're doing. And also, you may even want to throw them a little cash. A little extra change. Give them some incentive. Right. Because they're actually doing work off the payroll to help move the organization forward. So you should consider like paying these leaders for doing this work. It's time to stop relying on free labor to fix all of these organizational issues that you have around underrepresented employees. Free labor to fix issues. This sounds familiar. <laughs> okay, a historical uh, reference there. Mm. I think the the other uh, secret here that we uh, reference is um, view affinity groups as a strategic partner. Yeah. Include them in conversations around leadership, talent, product development, new markets and customers, and recruiting and retention efforts. I mean, we already talked about, yeah. you know, the, the bottom line and adding money to the pocket, mm-hmm. you know. Use them. Use, Use them. them. Mm-hmm. Use them. And we've seen the results that have happened 
both of us have seen the impact that ERGs have had on the top line and the bottom line uh, for the companies that we've worked with. A third thing that organizations can do is provide executive level sponsorship, right? Those executive sponsors, and Ricky and I have both been executive sponsors for ERGs in our life. But even more important is people who are not part of those affinity groups and what they get out of mm-hmm. being an executive sponsor. Because having an executive level sponsorship gives these ERGs a voice and an advocate at the table. Yep. Right. And it's also it's also a great way for those executives to better understand those groups that they're being an advocate before because they don't necessarily just on a regular basis interact with those groups, yeah. right? And it gives them that understanding and that compassion and empathy to actually move the needle. Yeah, no, I think that's a great thing. I think the last you know, thing that I will say here is, and it's kind of simple, right? The last thing that, that you know, corporate, you know, American can do is just listen. Ooh. I mean, just, just listen, man. Ooh. Look, like, like my granny said, you can't do anything, boy, if you don't listen first. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's true. You don't listen it's first. True. It's you true. know, if you've been invited into the circle of trust, and I'm speaking about the ERG. Yeah. If you've been invited to the barbecue, okay, or whatever the event is or mm-hmm. may be, just pay attention mm-hmm. and listen with intentionality. Yeah. Prior to coming in and trying to be the savior. Yes. I mean, it it sounds so simple. So simple. But it's so hard to do for some of our leaders to just refrain from coming in there and trying to be the savior. Yes, because leaders want to solve problems. But we don't need you to solve shit. We just need you to understand. Yeah. Keith, if it was this goddamn easy, man, don't you think we would have done something already? (laughs) (laughs) We'd have fixed it, you know? (laughs) So, Ricky... Hopefully for all of our listeners, these have been great secrets, you know, for you to understand in terms of how you individually and then organizations that are out there listening in terms of moving the dial when it comes to affinity groups. And you can find more resources on these secrets and the receipts that we gave today uh, by going to our website, secrets.com. And looking in the show notes for additional resources that we've shared today. I mean, look, Janelle be working hard on them show notes. She did. She, man. she did. Yeah. So, so y'all, y'all give my girl some, 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 some credit and and uh, and and read those show notes and pay attention to some of them blogs, man. We be posting these blogs and look. Every time we post one of these blogs. We get about 3,000 people looking at them. Yeah, and, we get a lot of people. That, man. You get a lot I mean, of people so moving. keep looking at it, forward it. Repost it, repost it, you know for all us. of that stuff, man. Because again, we work hard. The Secrets Family works hard on bringing relevant content, yes, you know, to you. And first off, I like to be able to give like a shout out to all of the listeners and the fans, you know, out there. Because again, you've made all of this possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have so many like topics to talk about that. We we can't look. We almost at episode fifty. Right. We're almost at episode. And we still 50. got a lot more. All right. And and some of this stuff like keeps mo- like look. We didn't plan on talking about Bill Maher's little shit no. comments. Right. But because he made them, we had to move this shit well, we to the had front. To move it to the and front. And then something else had to move back That's a little right. bit. Right? That's right. So, but again, and 
we want to make sure that if you like what we're giving to you, man, just go out there and write a, a review on Apple or buy some of that merch. I just had a brother today tell me, man, y'all got them sweatshirts again with the headphones on them. <laughs> yes. I got mine. Got mine. Yeah, <laughs> and, you and get look, yours. And we're working on some new uh, merch, you know, I yes. too for you. So get Constant it. Constant ideas. And speaking of affinity groups, like Rick was saying, Shout out to ADN and Medtronic and all these other <laughs> affinity groups who are calling us in to, you know, talk to their people mm-hmm. and give them a little encouragement and advice and everything else. This is what this is really all about. Because at the end of the day, Rick and I want to help you get that coin, get your seat at the table. And we're here. We're here to provide coaching training to your organization, whatever it may be, just go to our website, check it out for more info because we're here for you. Now, look, y'all already know that KP and I have an affinity for vodka and cranberry. <laughs> and these cups are kind of low right now. And to be honest, I think Keith, when I wasn't looking, I think he put a little extra something in my cup. I think Woo! he might I think he might have tried to roofie me, y'all. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I've been over here spitting this, spitting this fire over here today. So, so, so I want to say... You know, before we uh, say goodbye to y'all, it's time for us just to fill up these cups, yeah, right? It's totally time. But but the number one thing I want to say is we appreciate y'all. We do. And thank you so much for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Yes. Peace. Out. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets makes me smarter every time I listen, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, and donate via Patreon. Check us out on the web at www.secrets.com. That's www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Until next time, cheers!